This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have Randy and Lloyd, and they are owners of the Black Store. This is the largest Black beauty supply store in Houston, Texas. And yes, they are two men, and they are working together. Man, sometimes that's a rare thing. Thank y'all, brothers, for coming on. Let's just talk about the Black Store. How did this come about? Pretty much, you know, we always make sure that we always do things in the community. We got a community organization called Black Gold Nation. And our biggest thing is always coming up with business ideas and uh, business industries that exploit the black community. And this just happened to be one of the biggest ones. So we always want to make sure that we're doing stuff in accordance with the black community. And how can we help solve some of those problems and issues that we have? Okay. So when you guys are in the lab and you say, man, we want to get into the hair business. Um, I'm sure folks, you know, your own mother, your aunties could have laughed at you and said, y'all going to. So did you have a track record of already doing successful business um, or how was that journey just getting over that? The mental part of people saying two black men are going to sell hair products. No, nobody ever really said that. And uh, of course, we've had success in doing some things uh, separately. Um, I had a nonprofit organization called the Love Black Women Campaign in which we uh, we went out and we tried to advocate for a lot of the black owners in Houston, only to find out that most of them wasn't ready for a revolutionary mindset in the industry. Uh, some of them were uh, suffering in silence to the point of just going out of business over the next year or two. And then uh, most of them who've been in the game for 10 years or more was so comfortable with their position with the Koreans that they didn't want to do anything to shake things up. So uh, we found ourselves running into that. But uh, I called for a meeting at my home in which, uh, Lloyd, I, I used to run into him a lot doing community events and stuff like that. And uh, he came up with the concept. Uh, I've already been having some- And I ain't, never seen, I ain't never seen another brother wear the, the, the cheetah print like that. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I, I'm just noticing it, but that, yeah, no, that's fly right there, man. I, I yeah, you kind of almost want to, you know, bite if I was a biter. That's real art. So, okay, so you say we're going to open up a hair store, we're going to work together. Um, are we going to be, you know, I'm going to be on the back end, you're going to be in the store, you know, making sure customer service. Like, how did you guys delegate who was going to do what? I mean, go ahead. I mean, what we did was my thing is my degree itself was in business. I'm always good with numbers. I'm always coming up with the different business structures and stuff that best suit our businesses. Um, and Randy was pretty much already on the front end of dealing with like the beauty supply stores, dealing with uh the beauty supply owners. So we just kind of stuck at what we were good at. You know, I'm good with the business and the numbers. He was good with with dealing with the inventory, dealing with the people, knowing the uh, the stuff that we need to kind of shuffle in and shuffle out of the stores and shelves and you know we just kind of make it work okay and that that partnership businesses you know 
become successful and then the partners can't get together was there any contingency plan to say look we're gonna start this and at any point i'm too much or if you're too much you can buy me out and we're gonna say you know here's the minimum that you'll be able to buy me out because a lot of folks struggle with that i mean one thing that we did one thing we never really had no arguments because one thing ego is the enemy with us so we always try to lead force with that but Outside of that, we do have a partnership agreement. Like that is important that you put this type of stuff on papers. What is your expectations? Who has last say on this? Who has last say on this? And just what are our roles and responsibilities all within the corporation? And I think a lot of people just kind of leave that up to chance. And we didn't. We made sure that we kind of line that stuff out. But our personalities match on the mission, what we want to do for black people. So we just never really had no issues. <laughs> No, that's a beautiful thing. You might need to uh, teach that in the in a course or something or have people come to the store because a lot of that is just humility and, you know, trusting your your partner. And that's why you got into business with them, because there was something that they had that you needed. And it just, you know, it. I don't even know if you can teach that, man. <laughs> that's something you got to have. So with creating a a hair store and, you know, you guys are the biggest. Did you. At first, say, look, we are going to be, you know, get the biggest building that we can afford. Or did it start off small? Because I know sometimes things, you know, start off just in the kitchen and then they grow out. And you say, man, I got to go get like a whole big building. So how, how was that um, the growth? We, we knew that we wanted to do something big. and We knew we wanted to do something different. And it just kind of all fell into place. Uh, we were looking at some other uh, areas in Houston, and thank God we didn't go with it because it was some some buildings that were probably like four times uh, smaller than this one that we have right now. Right now we have about 5,000 square feet, uh, 3,000 square feet of retail space, and an additional 2,000 square feet in the back for services like uh, the nail salon and the barbershop that's coming soon. Wow, that, that's a lot of space. And, you know, not just to fulfill, secure, all of that space and having your, you know, your materials in there. I mean, folks don't think about, you know, the upkeep of what it takes to keep the place clean and in order. So how many staff members do you have with the place that large? Uh, right now, just in a retail space, uh, we have one part time that comes in over the weekend. And we also have uh, two young gentlemen. One is his nephew. And uh, we kind of like give them something on the side and just, you know, mentor them as well. So, uh, we get a lot of help over the weekend. And then in the nail salon, it's about three nail techs and one beautician that comes um, on call. But it is a lot of upkeep with the, with the cleaning. And we kind of do that ourselves as we go. Okay, so now we know if anybody in the Houston area says, man, my child, or I'm coming back from school and I need to be mentored, an internship. Now they know where to go and say, hey. I heard that you guys allow, you know, folks to get experience. The pressure on y'all. Um, I'm nowhere to send people out the country. And it's good to know that two men are, have a space where people can get experience. And, and let's go into that. You, you hinted about, you know, everything that you do in the community. But what is a community give back with the success that you guys are having and the best is yet to come that you're going to have? What's a community give back that you're doing and that you want to do in the future? I mean, one of the things that we didn't, we have met with like every principal of middle school, high school, elementary school in the area, um, just so we always making sure that we are on top of helping, you know, anybody that, that's in need, especially children. Uh, one of the other things that we do, we own our own credit card system. 
we redirect those fees back towards the community. We didn't build websites for Sunnyside Civic Club, um, Acres Home Super Neighborhoods, um, Shape Community Center, and we maintain it as well. And we're looking for more community people to do it for, Black communities. And I think it's just, that's just one facet of a way that we give back just our funds, just on a minimal scale, just to make sure that we always being effective for the solutions and just being involved in everything that's going on around us. Okay. And let's talk, let's talk, you know, we, we're talking about business, but let's talk. We know that the hair industry, um, you know, especially for certain types of hair, you ladies who especially like to braid your hair, it's difficult or has been said to be difficult by black people to buy wholesale, whether they're getting it from India or China. Can you say, can you confirm if that's still true and, you know, why that is? Okay, so um, getting human hair is not that hard. Uh, it's the synthetic hair that's the issue. And uh, all of the synthetic hair that's made, 95% of it is going to be di- distributed by Korean-owned companies, whether it's Outrade, uh, sensational, shake and go, uh, model, model, um, Bobby Boss. And then, you know, I even did some research on some of the uh, African countries that have some manufacturing and distribution as well. Uh, I believe there's a manufacturing plant in Botswana, and then there's a couple in Nigeria. But, but even with that, they still have to go get uh, the polypropylene fibers and the synthetic fibers from either Japan, South Korea, or China. So even with the synthetic hair, like we still have to go get it from Asia. Uh, I don't know if these fibers can be made anywhere else. Uh, they just got a monopoly on it right now. But but even with the manufacturing plants in Africa, they still have to uh, source it out to Asia in some way, shape, form, or that. Now, with those, you know, those fibers, it would be great to know if they could be maybe even like 3D copied or something, you know, because we got food that's being 3D copied. So we, we can change thing of what the future looks like on, you know, what people have done to maybe try to tap in where we don't have to go to Asia and maybe we can clone it some way. If Terrence Howard, he owns a company, I think they, they mass produce diamonds. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like a, a compressed container, something like that. If they could do that, I'm sure we can make fiber somewhere and have some manufacturing plants that's close to the home and some of our, some of our Afro-Caribbean countries. Yeah, because that would that would definitely change the game. And then it would pressure us to say, well, if they can do it, um, are they a better you know, buyer or can we become our own buyer? What about the, the psychology of, you know, the customer? Because. Most communities, if we say this is the Asian community or the Jewish community, they'll say, you know what? If these people aren't going to sell to our people, we're not going to do business with them because we're not going to wear it. Right. And and in the black community, we're always looking for others to rescue us or we have to buy from others, even with our music. It used to be you have to go to a record label. And now we're now just kind of coming into our own, really learning the business, which is 95 percent of, you know, anything that you do. Um, What about the mentality of the consumer? Because it's women. And is there any education that we can give them to maybe, you know, stop them from having their hair done a certain way until we can control more of it? I think that's a, right there, see, that's an uphill battle. You know, I feel like right now we just live in the kind of, in the society where people kind of want what they want when they want it. And it's not a more of a 
um, we're waiting on. We're not going to buy from uh, this person because they don't have the, the access to it. I wish that that was a message that we can get out. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot of women that have taken that in and just went natural. Um, and that's what we see that's helped us a lot. Cause we got about 90-something Black-owned brands on our shelves right now that just cater to natural people. And one thing we realize is that's just a mentality, but it's not nowhere near the majority of women that feel that. Okay, and I know when we talked at, at first, I said, I don't want to kill your business because I know that's a, a you know a good part of, of business. You don't want to knock out some skews, but it's just that the mentality, if we... I read I read the book and I always preach about um, uh, we, what is it? Um, extreme ownership. And if we take extreme ownership of every move we we make. Right. And er- everything that we do, we can't we can't blame anybody else. So how do we solve the problem? That's the biggest thing is, is what I'm trying to get and let the audience. How can we solve this problem? And so us as men, we probably. You know, we can't be on the forefront saying, hey, ladies, wear your hair this way, not that way, especially in today's times. We'll be living on an island like Russell Simmons or we'll be um, in a cage possibly with uh, Bill Cosby down the line. But what do you see the, the, the future if you guys, you know, where would you like to see it to go? Would you like to get a deal with one of the temples in India? And then maybe you are a direct buyer because actually you are a direct receiver because a lot of them aren't even buying the hair from the temple. They're just donating it. So where would you like to see this go so it can be fair? So um, let, let's start with like the last question. Like um, if women did make the conscious decision not to wear uh, like synthetic hair or like, the human hair that comes from India, it wouldn't kill our business. It would just make more people take care of their natural hair. And if there was any other beauty supply that's in position to take advantage of that, it is us. Um, because we're trying to create a local ecosystem where people buy local products from Texas and Louisiana to take care of their hair. So if we had to expand on the chemical products or the, uh, the natural vitamins and minerals that they need for the hair, we're already in position to do that. So it's not a thing of, oh, we're knocking off more skews so it'll affect the business. I think we, we're already in position to see uh, women take that conscious step towards not wearing uh, the extra hair that's so weird. But um, as far as India is concerned, uh, a lot of people need to know how some of that's processed too because the, the, the market amongst Asia is not a, a fair market uh, for their own people. Uh, some people... They take the hair that's found from the hair salons from India and uh, certain countries in Asia, and they'll take it off the ground and take it out the sewer, and then they'll clean it. They'll put like some uh, some chemicals around it to um, figure how the process go, man. But it, it's a very dirty game on how to play. They'll tell you that you get 100% human hair and it's like one donor, but then you, sometimes you don't get what you pay for. And by the time women put heat on the hair, it's, it's pretty much fried because it's a lot of plastic property put in with the human hair itself. But let me say this too, though. The solution that I feel of it is, like, like we spoke about earlier, is having our own distribution. And at the beginning, no one could start their own Black distribution of Black-owned products because we didn't know who each other are or were. Um, but now, since we're creating that ecosystem of knowing all of these hundreds of Black-owned brands, now we're creating the demand, now we can go help them create the supply and get more of that. And now once you have your own distribution, 
we created that demand for ourselves. We're the only people that's selling their products, and we can be the people that's distributing, and people now got to come buy from us. Now we've created that demand for natural care products that are Black-owned. Um, and I think in the past, we never had that before. What other store can you go to and find over 100 Black-owned natural care brands? Um, I don't know. Anything. Well, that's the game right there. And you guys, you know, I love to take the conversation offline because, you know, I love to share this game and make sure that for my clients, they see it and we can talk about future booking. So look out for these two gentlemen, the black store. If you're in Houston or anywhere around, this is where you need to support. You guys have been blessed by the game. Thank you very much. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.